Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I have no idea what time it is because this is a podcast. You're listening to it, whatever. I hope it's not the morning. We have a great one today. Today I have Russell Harrison, who is a corporate recruiter by day, but a professional boxer and the owner of Spartans Boxing Gym here in Singapore. Good day. Hi, how are you? He is Australian. Yes. <laughs> With a confused accent. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah. Been away it's, from home too long. It's coming from everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, boxer by night, corporate recruiter by day. Yep. Uh, I believe your quote was, recruitment is insanity, boxing is sanity. What this incongru- incongruousness of boxing and a day-to-day corporate life, what can boxing teach not just the professional, but anyone. What sort of values, experiences, thought processes, what can boxing infuse into a life to allow this? Boxing is the sanity part? Yeah, you can use them interchangeably, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what day you catch me. Right. I forgot that I'd even put that down somewhere. Well, <laughs> I, I, well I found it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I mean, for me, right... Um, Depends on which avenue you look at it. Um, my corporate job, right? Um, I think most people in the corporate world will tell you this, right? It is absolutely insane at times. Recruitment, if anyone knows that as a profession, um, it's a thankless job. Um, and it's really, really, yeah, it can get really crazy, right? You've got clients who supposedly your clients but don't necessarily seem like they want to do business with you you got people who are trying to make career changes and stuff like that and then um, quite often what you get them is not what they want and then things change right whereas boxing there's a set process there's you know you get in there you work hard um, and the harder you work will just about guarantee the outcome right Um, which but I think there's a lot to learn in both instances right so for me uh, recruitment has always been seen as kind of like all the recruiters out there are going to hate me for this it's, <laughs> the, it's the factory work of the recruitment world right right of the corporate world right, sorry right right so you don't need to be particularly smart to be a recruiter <laughs> <laughs> right um I mean, there's a skill to it. Don't well, get me well, wrong. There's an art to it. Luckily, recruiters don't recruit recruiters. So you're no, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, a buddy of mine who, who he's, does rec- he's a recruit. He's a recruiter. Recruiter, yeah, yeah, right? Right. Which seems absolutely insane, but there's a market there for it. So I mean, with with, with that said, um, with recruitment, the foundation is what I was taught from the very get go is, you know, the more uh, activity that you do, similar to any sales job, right? You just got to be out there. You got to be knocking on doors. You got to be doing long hours, right? It's the guy that does the longest hours um, and just won't lay down and won't die, seems to do the best in recruitment. And then we contrast that with boxing, right? So you said in boxing, there's the process and how you work. More often than not, will designate the results yep what is the process of boxing because it's not get up there and let's beat the crap out of each other there's way i mean that's why boxing has the nickname the sweet science yep what is the sweet science of boxing why does it have that nickname right so i mean like when you look at boxing as a sport and quite often to the outside eye or the untrained eye, you don't necessarily see it. The technicalities of boxing itself, right? So to be able to do the moves, the punches, the the footwork, the head movement, the timing, um, you know, when you see high-level professional boxers, like any of the big names around the world, the Mayweathers, the Pacquiao's, um, the Triple G's, the Canelo's, all of these guys, right? They've been honing their craft for 
you know, years and years and years. Um, and that's just the technical side of it, right? So to be able to get the technicalities down, that's one thing. Uh, the the second thing is is the the fitness right the fitness side of it is just phenomenal so to be able to be fit enough to get into a ring and you know do twelve rounds of boxing like that sort of fitness is just incredible that the usual man off the street would have no concept of how to be able to get that fit right so now if you don't have those two things if you don't have the technical side of it to be able to box and the fitness together then you just can't do that as a sport competitively, right? So it's it's holistic in that you, your mind and body are working simultaneously in conjunction. And then the work ethic exactly. factor of it. Exactly, exactly. And the work ethic is incredible. But, I mean, the, the other part is which you mentioned, right, is about, like, the mind, the psychology of it, right? Um, most people who walk off the street don't necessarily want to get punched in the face for a living. <laughs> <laughs> truth. Right? Uh, truth, exactly. Um, so the, the psychology, to be brave enough to know that you're going into battle, right, and still be able to put yourself through a grueling training camp, knowing at the end of it you've got to get in there and pitch yourself against somebody who's been doing exactly the same, who wants to take your head off, um, there's a whole mindset to that as well, right? So the technicalities of boxing, the cardio, the fitness, the psychology, it's all intertwined and is very, very holistic. So let's actually, I'm going to diverge a little bit from the path that we had, you know, sort of pre-marked out because now I'm fascinated about these technicalities yeah. like footwork. Yeah. Define it. Okay. Um, so when you watch a boxer, right? Um, the thing that you see is somebody just gliding around the ring, right? So, you know, they're moving sideways, they're moving backwards and forwards and all the rest of it. When we get people who come into the gym who have never done any boxing, all we literally teach them is to move forwards, backwards, left and right, right? Now, that sounds quite obvious. When you're doing that in a boxing stance where you've got to then coordinate your feet with the head, Plus, you're going to punch after that. So just that movement of forwards and backwards becomes quite complex. You're seeing grown adults who've been working, uh, walking around <laughs> all of their life. <laughs> who who right? all of a sudden can't who, walk exactly, in right? the way you need to walk, the specific pro programmatic way you need to walk in boxing. Exactly, exactly. So then when you, when you see, and this is the whole thing when you break it down, when you see not just high-level professional boxers, right? We're talking about people that are, that are high-level amateur boxers or anyone who's even got to a level where they can compete. That, that footwork and moving around the ring is incredibly uh, complex. It's not easy to do. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot to it. Are there... All right, so, um, you know, you always hear the, uh, the anecdotal things of the pro footballer or the pro American footballer who takes ballet on the side yep. because each of those little movements he feels, and, and I don't know if there's been studies on it or whatnot, but uh, there's all this anecdotal evidence that, you know, if you multidisciplinary yourself. Yep. Um, so this, the, the mechanics of the footwork, are there like, say in ballet, there's first position, second position, third position. Are there specific steps that you do? Like this one's called the junket and it works like this, or this one's called that and it works like that. Yep. Um, so there is. So firstly, we can go way. as in depth as you want, because honestly, I'm fascinated by this because I think like you got to train your footwork. Yeah. But what does that mean to train your footwork? Are there specific moves? Is there a regimen? Does everything have its own terminology? So the thing about I think I, I don't know. I've never danced ballet. Maybe right. I can think about it. Um, but I don't know. Um, the, the thing about boxing is there's lots of different ways to teach it. There's different styles. Right. Um, so, you know, there's a Cuban boxing is very famous style globally. Right. So the Cubans are fantastic boxers. So that's one way to teach it. Um, the way that I teach it compared to the way that the guy at the next gym teaches it, although there might be agreed principles that are that are correct and right. Right. There's still different ways in which it can be taught and learnt. Number one. And also, like a lot of things. Um, you learn the rules, then you can break them. So it, it's right. it's a vernacular. It's an oral tradition. There's 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 like ballet is uh, to go back to that analogy. Ballet is written down. First position, your feet go like X. Yep. Second position, your feet go like Y. 
So there, there is a, there's a vernacular that everyone has in common, but it's not codified. It's not written down. Like this one is called the Del Sposo, and the Del Sposo always looks like this. Uh, th- so no. So there are still, there's still, I guess. Um, so there's definitely boxing texts. Uh-huh. Um, so if you go and do the research, you can find you know really thick books about the fundamentals of boxing and stuff like that. There's a couple of quite really famous ones. Can't think of them off the top of my head, but. So there are set moves. So, you know, the, the, when we talk about punching, you know, there's set punches, jab, right. cross, hooks, oh, and uppercuts, okay. right? Oh, okay, great, yeah. So I, even, I didn't even think of it that way, but yes, each punch has a different term. Right. They yes. have a different term, yeah. and, you know, so when you talk about head movement, right? So we talk about if you want to move out the way of straight punches, then you will slip, right? So that's moving to the side. Oh, this is great, yeah. Right? I didn't know that, yeah. So if someone tries to hook you, which is a punch that comes from the side... I'm doing the actions here as well. I know we, 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 we can we can actually hear Russell doing the actions as his as his voice sort of goes like this back and forth. <laughs> um, so so we, you know when a hook comes, we do something which is called a weave or a roll. So that's how you move to the sides to go under it. So there are set things, but the point is that there's different ways that people will teach it. So there's no one absolute correct way for things to be done. Okay, yeah. I I understand. There's like there'll be like. There's the Cuban school, and there's the American school, yes. and then there's the British school, and each one has its own little idiosyncrasies within it, but it's still in the same, it's still in the same overarching broad form. Correct. Got Correct. it. Yeah. So you can, you can look at someone and be like, we all know the same terminology, we all know the same thing, but you could be like, Ah, uh, he learned Cuban. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you will hear, like, I mean, there's famous the famous boxing countries, right? Cuban for amateur boxing. Right. Right. They've dominated the amateur boxing scene f- literally forever. Um, you know, if you talk about professional boxing, Mexican boxers, right, they have a particular style um, and they're known to be, you know, um, they've got some great world champions. Right. Ever. The Philippines now, right, are producing yeah. incredible boxers on the back of Manny Pacquiao. Um, but again, all with quite, you, you will look at boxers from those countries, Australia, from where I'm from, right? Yep. We're known as a little bit more rough and ready right. in terms of the way that we box, a little bit dirty. Well, well, <laughs> I think that goes for Australians in general. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Right? I don't want to offend uh, my Aussie buddies. <laughs> uh, it's, well, uh, it's, Pretty hard to offend an Australian. Knowing That's also my, true. Knowing my Australian friends, it's pretty hard to offend them. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to take umbrage to that. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, that's that. So we've got variations on a theme. You're all speaking the same language with a different accent. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Oh, Correct. that's 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 fantastic. Uh, I, I I didn't even I. You don't think of something like boxing to have this sort of. You, you know it's a tradition because boxing is an ancient sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, it there are Greek vases and Roman mosaics of people boxing. I, boxing was in the original Olympics, um, so having it be an ancient sport, you 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 would th- you automatically think that it's going to have this wide, rich tradition. But then it's so violent and brutal that you'd be like, how can something so violent and brutal? have such a rich tradition. Yep. So the art and the science is in loggerheads with the brutality of boxing. Yes. But you, at Spartans, your gym, you have a uh, boxing without bruises motto. Yes. Which is ironic because right now, uh, Russell is sporting an enormous shiner uh, underneath one of his eyes, and uh, the irony is he's wearing his uh, Spartans uh, Boxing Club T-shirt. Hashtag boxing without bruises, and he looks pretty beat up right <laughs> right now. But it was from an elbow, right? It uh, wasn't from a hit. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was still from doing the sport, so it's a little bit contradictory that I got my T-shirt on now. So in in our in our current culture, our current safety conscious culture, I don't know how well you are aware of it in the United States, mm. but there. are American football is, it's not on life support. It's still the number one sport in the United States, mm. and it's the number one watched thing, and it's immensely in, in, in enjoyable, but parents are not going to let their kids play American football contact style until they're like 17 or 18 mm. because of concussion culture, and not concussion culture, because of literal concussions. Um, so how do you reconcile... 
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The violence of boxing with the fact that it's still in its own way an art form and how can you make how do Spartans make those two uh, diametrically opposed it is artistic it is beautiful it is fitness but you're clubbing someone in the head how do you pull those two together yeah yeah it's a really good question and really relevant for us right so like you said the hashtag is boxing without the bruises but I think one of the things that that we do as a, as a boxing club especially here in Singapore right so we we do a huge um, boxing program for kids here um, we teach it um, uh, at a number of the um, schools here as well. So we teach it as a co-curricular activity. Um, so, of course, whenever you're dealing with kids and you're dealing with schools, right, the first thing that you need to be talking about is safety. Of course. Right? So um, I, I think the thing that, that we're really big on is it's not just making sure um, that there's safety around the boxing, but we're trying to talk to parents and teachers and that sort of community in general have a concern about that is the number one thing about the boxing club is inculcating the um, the character, right, or the um, the discipline, the respect, all of the things that come along with being involved in this sort of a sport. So the first thing that we're talking about is it's not even the boxing, right? It's what are these kids going to get it in terms of character building mm -hmm. for coming into a sport like this, mm -hmm. right? So the, like we spoke about before, the discipline is incredible, right? right technicality fitness etc so that's one thing the second thing so when it really gets into it when you actually decide okay i'm going to put my kid into boxing or or if you're an adult and you've never done it before so the thing is you'll hear this all the time when boxers talk about boxing there's levels to this game right right okay um i am not aware of the levels right? yes please go elaborate yeah so like you know when you come into a boxing gym there's no way in the world at least if you're in a responsible boxing gym who's teaching boxing correctly um you're not going to be punching anyone for a long time. Right. Right? Right. So you're going to be learning I all mean, of the stuff. It makes sense. But please walk us through this progression yeah, this, absolutely. as you matriculate to later stages. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess in baseball, you don't start by swinging at the 95-mile-an-hour pitch. Yeah, yeah. You start playing T-ball where yeah, the correct. ball's on a tee. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, yeah, walk us through how a young person or an adult can grow into the sport in a safe, responsible manner. Yeah, yeah. So I think number one is, right, you've got to pick the place that you're going to learn carefully, right? So in Australia, the gyms that I grew up in, it was that typical thing that you would think about a boxing gym. It's dark, it's dingy, it's dirty. You walk in there, it's like, you know, that scene from Star Wars where the whole place stops and just looks at you, right, and sizing you up, right? Exactly. So, so th and then there's, of course, there's always been an element of ego that's built into boxing gyms, right? That's very old school, but it's still around in certain gyms. So in those gyms, um, you know, you're not necessarily going to walk in and get walked through that entire process. You might get fed to the wolves straight away. Um, so I think that's the first thing. You've got to pick the place that you're going to learn quickly. So for us at Spartans, you know, we talk about having no ego, right? You don't walk in there. It's not a fight gym. It's welcoming. It's comfortable, right? So then that sort of process of bringing people through, they're learning basics. There's set classes for beginners. There's set classes for people who are at the next level. Um, and we will graduate them through things like, you know, first you're just learning technique. You're hitting bags. You're hitting pads, Right, so there's still some contact. There's still a good workout. Um, you're getting the fitness element, and probably about eighty or ninety percent of our customers that come to us, 
that's what they want. They want fitness. Right. They want fitness, but they like boxing. Right. Right. So they don't necessarily ever want to get punched. So we'll. But you're doing it's 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 more appealing than I'm just going to go for a run and jump rope. Now I'm gonna I'm actually got an activity to do. Exactly yeah. right. And I mean it's one of those sports people do like to say that they box. You know. So going back to sort of the corporate hat, yep. people love to go into work on Monday and say, you know, yeah, I was at the boxing club, and you know, it's one of those sports. Um, but we we really do we walk people through. People don't begin sparring. So sparring is when you're putting it into live practice, right? Right. With safety gear, so you wear headgear and mouth guard and bigger gloves and all that kind of stuff. Um, but people don't get to that stage, number one, until they've got the skills and they're ready for it, and two, they express a desire to want to do it, right? Right. So you're not just getting thrown in there and right, you guys just start <laughs> fighting, right? That's not how it goes. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun. <laughs> no. There's certain people that come in that you kind of want to do that, but <laughs> you don't. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so we start with the bags and the pads and learning technique. Then we move on to sparring in headgear and mouth guards and safer gloves. Yep. Now, now here's the, the critical part. You're, that, you're the person, you know, and you go, okay. Let's go to the big time. Yep. Let's do a real fight out in the open, you know, yep. the, the fight. Uh, talk about the gloves, the difference between safety gloves or safer gloves and, and yep. fight gloves. Yeah, yeah. So, so this, the, the gloves, there's different sizes of gloves mm-hmm. that you can use, right? So 16-ounce um, gloves are the gloves that we usually do sparring with. That's one pound. Uh, is it? Yes. Okay. Yep. Yes. You would know. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Because we are the only stupid country. It, us, Liberia and Myanmar, are the only ones who still use ounces and pounds and everything else. Yes, 16, pound, 16 ounces is one pound. Okay, good. So we use the one pound gloves for yeah. sparring. <laughs> um, so the, the, to give you an idea, the different sizes of gloves are eight ounce, 10 ounce, 12 ounce, 14 ounce, 16 ounce. You can go for bigger ones. So they've got gloves these days up to like 20 ounce. Right. Right. But in most boxing gyms, you usually spar with 16s. In the amateur um, boxing, you're usually using 10 or 12 ounce gloves depending on your weight. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Um, And then professional use eight or 10 ounce, again, depending on the weight. The weight class. Right. Yeah. Correct. Welterweight and flyweight and everything. Exactly. Right. So the smaller guys usually use the smaller gloves. Right. Bigger guys may use bigger gloves. And depending on the organization, professional boxing we're talking about now, um, we'll decide on the size of the gloves that you would use. Um, For the amateur ranks, right? So we have, just to walk you through... Like you said, when people get to okay, now I want to compete. Yeah, right? yeah. So where, 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 where is this critical, this critical switch where you're like, I think I'm ready. Yeah. So you know, people come in and they've been training and they start to. I mean, it's quite addictive, right? So when people get to that level where they've been training that much, it's like anything, right? You wouldn't just go to football practice without having a game coming up, right? And a lot of people, that's the analogy. You know, they've been training. Now they want to really put it into practice. They want to test themselves. Back to the things I was talking about before. Am I fit enough? Am I technically good enough? Am I brave enough? Right. Right? Um, So all those things come into play. The the good thing now with boxing is, so I guess the three kind of main uh, potential competitions that you can have. So you have corporate boxing, Right, corporate or white collar boxing. Right. So this is very, very entry level. It can be the average guy off the street. If you came into the club next week no, and said, "No, thank you, no, thank you," <laughs> let's just assume for a minute that you did. So let's just say you come in and you go, "Right, I've heard about this white collar thing." In the space of is about, there, is there a is there a Pillsbury Doughboy class? Because I think I think that's the one I'd fit in. Some of the white collar guys fit into that category. <laughs> and oh, by the way, I'd be emphasis on the white because I am I am pale as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so so these are kind of, you know, the white collar, the corporate stuff is these are guys who are, you know, they're bankers, they're recruiters, um, they're people who are in various positions, CEOs, etc. And they've got a thirst for competition. Right. They know that they're never going to be competing at the highest levels, but they still want to get in there and they want to have a crack, right? So that's seen as kind of like the very, very basic, uh, if you go along and watch a white collar fight or a co- corporate fight, 
you're not always going to see the greatest standard of boxing, right? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> but they have great events yeah. and it's heaps of fun and, you know, your friends come along and watch. Um, then you have amateur boxing, right? So this is, uh, to this day, what is still at um, Olympic level, right? So that's amateur boxing. Right. Um, and, you know, amateur boxers around the world are by far and away some of the best boxers uh, going around. Right. right? Um, so you see boxers these days. So the, the hot topic in the professional scene these days is Vasily Lomachenko. Um, who's these days voted as the pound for pound greatest boxer in the world. Now. Okay. His amateur record was incredible. He had 325 wins and like one loss or something like right. that. Right. Right. So, but the, the, the standard that you see of amateur boxers, these are. Are you getting knockouts in amateur boxing? You do see it. Yeah, but it's, it's, but it's, the, the, it's geared towards the safer side, right? It's geared towards, so amateur boxing is geared towards scoring points and it's geared, geared towards developing skills right. and boxes, right? Yeah. So you see knockouts less. The gloves are bigger. Um, in amateur boxing under IBA rules, so IBA, A-I-B-A, that's yep. the uh, International Amateur Boxing Association. Yep. So um, there's certain rules that apply globally underneath those guys so um until relatively recently all of the all matches under amateur boxing you had to wear headgear right and there was prescribed size gloves that you would need to wear that's changed a little bit now so that but it's still geared more towards the technical rather than the i'm knocking this guy to the floor correct yeah right understood then we go into the professional ranks and the professional ranks is the hurt business right right the hurt business yeah yeah, the hurt business (laughs) gotcha i mean you know professional boxers are there to make a living um and you know the the idea of professional boxing is to get the other guy out of there as soon as you can, right? right? I mean, as well as putting on a great spectacle and yes. a show. But the, the, you watch the way that amateur boxing, an amateur boxing match goes down and a professional boxing match goes down. It's different in terms of the way that they box. Right. right? Yeah. So am, uh, pro boxing is really sort of the highest level, even though there's even levels within pro boxing, right? So you can compete. Um, depending on um, your experience, right? The most basic pro boxing matches are four rounds compared to championship boxing, world championship boxing up to 12 rounds. Right. Right. So again, there's levels to all of that as well. Yeah. So this is just an immense hierarchy. Yeah. Where each, each subsequent, each subsequent level, you know, it doesn't necessarily boost the prestige or boost the visibility. No, it doesn't. And that's the thing, right? You do, I mean, for the average guy off the street who just wants to watch a boxing match on a Saturday night or mm-hmm. a Sunday whenever it comes on. Um, you know, they just want to see two people get in there and whack each other. Yeah, right, right. right. You know, that's the spectacle. That's the raw side of it. You know, as human beings, there seems to be an attraction to raw combat, right? You see this with the growth of these major M- MMA, MMA right? and yeah, UFC. Exactly. UFC. Yeah, and exactly. UFC here yeah. in Asia. So, you know, the, the human condition is, for whatever reason, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, <laughs> we like to see people... <laughs> Get in there and, and whack other people. I mean, that's that is the that is one of the critical appeals of American football. Right. Everyone wants to see uh, Sunday the bone crushing giants versus the you know right. slaughtering ravens. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the slaughtering uh, the ravens. slaughtering ravens. Yeah, uh, like like Baltimore can come at me. Where are you gonna go? <laughs> come at, come at me, Balmer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a Giants fan, and they're. Uh, they're terrible, so I don't, oh, right. yeah, I don't actually care. I, I, I don't actually care. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a baseball guy predominantly. Um, but so that, that dovetails nicely into, yes, people fundamentally want to see, you know, this, you know, the bone crunching, the bone crunching action. Um, and you touched on it earlier. Uh, in, in the United States, we have a phrase, uh, we have two phrases, toxic masculinity and fragile masculinity. Mm-hmm. Toxic masculinity is like, if you don't do this, you're, you're, you're less of a man. And yep. fragile masculinity is like, actually, I don't know. They're pretty much the same thing. Fragile, oh, no, fragile masculinity is like mansplaining. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. well, actually, young lady, you know. Uh-huh, yep. um, so how, 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 does, how does boxing, in your mind, move on from this sort of like Rocky Rocky with you know uh his trainer with the cigar out of his mouth and beating beating the ham hocks in the in the freezer right how does boxing move on from this 
to sustain itself in this incredibly self-aware culture. Yep. We've already touched on how boxing can sustain itself in a injury light yep. in that it's got different grades and you only go as far as you are willing to go. Yep. Um, but how does, how, does the, how does the mindset uh, change so that we don't have like, I'm a boxer, but yeah. more like, hey, I'm boxing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I think, um, so there's a few different ways that I can answer that. Number one, going back to boxing clubs, right? And right. the way that you see boxing clubs around the world being set up now. There's a really great example in the US. So title boxing, the, as, which has been around forever as an equipment mm-hmm. manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, they now do boxing gyms, but the appeal is towards fitness and they're targeting families and fun and all this kind of stuff. Right? right. So it's very, very similar to what Spartans Boxing do in this part of the world and that's how our whole thing, right? So making sure that boxing clubs are welcoming to families. We do ladies-only boxing. Um, you know, some of the kids that we've got, a lot of the kids that we have in nowadays are, are girls, young girls. Yep. Um, and so they're coming through the ranks and really starting to understand all of the beautiful part of boxing mm-hmm. that we love, right? So it's really about... I guess the boxing clubs, people involved in boxing, making sure that the sport is promoted in the right way at grassroots. Right. Right. So it actually sounds like it already has evolved. Is, yeah. Is, 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 Absolutely. is the day of that, you know, salty cigar filled room done? I, th- I don't think it's completely done. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's, um, it's, it's with boxing becoming more popular as a, as a sport for people for overall fitness. Right. That's not what, what, what people want, right? Right. People want to go into a welcoming club uh, that's clean and where their friends are yeah. and they can hang out and they can have a good community and a, and, a, and a bunch of people that they train with and get fit with. So, I mean, not to editorialize, but that is... That's a welcome improvement. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's really great. Um, now... I, I just, can I oh, just jump in? Oh, yeah, there? please, the go other ahead. Part, yeah, the, so the other part that I really want oh, to Oh, right, you had two points, yeah. Yeah, so, so that's, I guess, at the grassroots level and, and the broader community um, getting involved in boxing. What we're seeing now in the professional ranks in terms of in- inclusivity and stuff like that, right? So the popularity of women um, boxers is, is on the rise as well, yep. which is fantastic. Um, so some of the, I guess, top boxers... Uh, around the world, uh, boxers like Katie Taylor and Clarissa Shields and Nicola Adams and mm-hmm. some of these guys who are competing at the absolute highest levels on the world stage. Um, so I think the more that we see those sorts of role models coming through within our sport, right. that's going to open up doors for a lot of the youngsters. So, I mean, we've got a real-life example here in Singapore. So one of our coaches, the head coach at our new, um, our new gym, um, she's a professional boxer. Uh, her name's Fash. Uh, the Face is the nickname. Um, so she's she's a, a professional boxer. And the reason that I talk about that is because what we now see is we see young girls who come into the club and look up to her as a role model in the sport uh-huh. and want to learn from her, right, which then starts to create that next generation that are coming through, right? And they're seeing it for the right reasons, right, for the sport and the discipline and all the rest of it. So and they're only going to know it as... As this, the 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 le- the legacy uh, the 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 legacy negatives are a thing of a past. Exactly, exactly. Uh, that's 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 fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it. I was going to say it makes me want to do it, but uh, no, no. You, you should come <laughs> and check it out. How long are you here for? I, we can get you down to the club. All right, all right. If we if we have if we have time, I I I I'll at least love to stop by and see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, throw some sort of. <laughs> limp wristed, well, limp wristed <laughs> slap on something. Be like, all right, all right. Nah, you all right, walk I'm out done. of there with more ability than you thought. We'll be like, yeah, yeah. See, he's got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. And then you're like, oh, he's a natural. We should. No, no, no. That's, we'll we'll that's keep the, him here. That's how, <laughs> I can, I can guarantee that's not going to happen. <laughs> I can barely walk, let alone. <laughs> um, so. I guess to to go back to the different languages of boxing, you see this guy and you know he he was trained this way and you say he trained it this way. Um, for those people who are not fans of watching the sport, because mm. uh, it seems like there might be two different 
two different subsets going on right here. The people who are super into the fitness aspect and yep. then people who are actually super into the sport itself, right? Yep. yep. Um, you're, you, are, you are a professional fighter yourself. Yes. Yep. And you are also a fan of the sport. Yes. So for those who are not a fan of the sport, what fights from the past or fighters from the past can you look at? Also keeping in mind your sort of spirit of inclusivity. Like if, mm. if the person was a toxic person, maybe we don't want to reminisce on their fights. Yeah. But who was, who was some boxers from the past and from the present who someone might want to watch and go on YouTube right now and say, check out the footwork of yep. blank. Yeah, 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 Or check out blank versus blank in the 13th minute, you yep. know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, 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 what do you love? When you watch boxing, yeah. who do you love and what do you love watching? Yeah, really good question. Yeah. Right? It, very long-winded, too. Yeah, yeah. I talk a lot. My, I got a long-winded <laughs> answer. Don't worry. <laughs> Excellent, because we got time. <laughs> so, so look, the, the number one that stands out when we talk about the history of boxing, right, is Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. right? And it's not just him as a boxer. He transcended sport. I mean, he right. he's an American revolutionary. Exactly. I mean, he he said, nope, I, I am now Muhammad Ali. Yep. And by the way, I'm not going to fight the white man's war. Exactly, right? And so, which is incredible in its own right. But if you just look at him purely as a boxer. Yes, please. Tell right? me about that. Because in, in, um, in the United States, he is a a legendary icon of civil rights, of humanity, of wit, of humor, right. and almost secondary as a boxer. Exactly. So tell me, about, tell me about Muhammad Ali and how he fought and why it was so revolutionary. I mean, the layperson probably remembers the rope-a-dope. He could just sit there, yep. take it, and then at the end just be like, boop. Yep, the rope-a-dope, float like a butterfly, sting, sting like, like a bee, bee. Yep. right? Um, so... I mean, that's the thing about his boxing style. For a heavyweight, mm-hmm. he moved like a middleweight or okay. a welterweight. Okay. His footwork was phenomenal. Uh, his style was unorthodox in terms of, you know, hands down, um, you know, and he was just able to uh, punch at an incredible speed. His hand speed was phenomenal, mm-hmm. right? So he had things that you would not usually see in a heavyweight, and that's what made him so good. And the other part was he was bloody tough. Mm-hmm. So he fought the toughest guys that we've ever known, right? Mm-hmm. The Joe Lewis's, yep. uh, the George Foreman's in their prime um, and took tremendous punishment. Now, obviously, later on in his life, that punishment started to show. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a boxer, he had just about everything that a boxer could want. He was tough. He had a great chin. He had incredible footwork, amazing head movement, hand speed. Describe, just, describe great chin. What does that mean? That means you can take a lot of punishment. Right? Uh-huh, okay. And that, that, is, um, that is an attribute. Okay. Right? So there are very famous boxers uh, back from Muhammad Ali to current day. So the, 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 the one that jumps out right now is Triple G, um, who will have a championship fight on the 15th of next month yep. with Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Triple G is very well known. That it will be the 15th of, of September. September. Yeah, this, will, this will air po- after that. So right. I, hope it, I hope it was a good one. Yeah, right? Uh, everybody, <laughs> uh, if you watched it... <laughs> Who, who won? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Team Canelo. Uh, <laughs> All right, there we go. Well, you just made a prediction. Right. <laughs> uh, but so, so Chin is, to answer your question, yep. it's being able to take damage, right? And some boxers are known as having a very good chin. They can take punches. And so the, the opposite of that is what we call having a glass chin. Okay. Right? I'm familiar with the term having a glass chin. Right. I just never heard the positive attribute having yeah. a great chin. Yeah, right. Oh, that's all right. Yep. All right. So that is a definite attribute as a boxer. You need to be able to take shots. And is that is that a, is that a you are born <laughs> able to take punishment? Is that learned or is it a, is it a, is it a bunch? Uh so there's, you've got to have it in you right. to begin with, but you can do things to physically make you have a better chin. Right. right. So that's why you see a lot of boxers, they will train neck strength and yep. jaw strength and stuff like that. That will definitely oh, help. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, but there are other boxers who train all of that stuff and it never makes a difference. They still get knocked out very easily. Wow. All right. So, so yeah. So um, back to the question in terms of boxers, you know, Muhammad Ali, I think um, absolutely incredible. Um, uh, I would say Roy Jones Jr. Mm-hmm. is somebody to watch. I think you could. Uh, a lot of people could argue that Roy Jones Jr. was one of the original showmen. Um, you know, so there's that part of it which we haven't even spoke about, right? So right. W- when we're talking about professional boxing, you can be the best boxer in the world, but if you can't sell tickets, 
then you're not going to be much good to your promotion. There is, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that in right? that, yeah. So you've got to be a great showman. George, uh, Roy Jones Jr. was a fantastic showman, just the way in which he boxed. Controversial at the beginning of his career, so he was robbed of an Olympic gold medal, um, and then you know had a phenomenal pro career and is still around to this day. Um, you can look at um, I've I've got a favourite who is also from the Ali era, but um, I think uh, Joe Lewis was an incredible uh, mm-hmm. incredible boxer. Modern day times, uh, Manny Pacquiao, mm-hmm. you know, winner across eight. Divisions, yep. world champion across eight divisions. Yep. That's unheard of, unheralded. Yep. Um, and then if you get to present day, right? So like I said before, the absolute standout is now Vasily Lomachenko, who is like nothing we've ever seen before. Hey, he's revo- is he revolutionary? He's revolutionary in the way that he boxes, absolutely. Okay, so how, how has he thrown a grenade into the sport? You yeah. know, boxing has, you know, you see those old like, Max Schmeling fights and stuff like yeah, that, right. you know. I mean, like yeah. w- with literally one hundred fourteen thousand people in Yankee Stadium under the lights, and you know, Babe Ruth is sitting in the front with like you know a Lionel Barrymore. It was, yeah, like, yeah. it was, it was it, boxing in in the in the United States at least from I'm gonna say nineteen ten to nineteen thirty. Mm. There were three things: boxing. Horse racing and baseball, yeah, right, yep. and it, it it it's just amazing. Um, I I actually oh, what was the name of the book? I actually read a boxing book once. It was Stories of Boxing Gyms on on in Hell's Kitchen, New York, oh, which wow. is where I where which is where I lived for you know 10, 15 years, and it was stories of all the Eighth Avenue boxing gyms. After we're done with this, I'm going to find that book, and I think I've got a copy of it. I'm going to I'm going to get it for you. Oh wow, this is, that'd be this cool. Is, uh, I think it's I that. think it's out of print, yeah. And it's all just the stories of the Ninth Ave, the Eighth Avenue Hell's Kitchen boxing gyms in the '30s, the '40s, and the '50s, and that is the that is the fedora kicked back, cigar out of the corner, hit him hard at rock yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. era. And the writer who wrote these. Uh, was a spectacular writer, and I'm just blanking on the whole thing right now. Look for all of this in the comments below, because I'm not going to look it up right now, because I'm lazy as hell. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'd love to read that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, so um, Lomachenko, so they call him, uh, so there's a number of things they call him. So he's, his fight name is High Tech, mm-hmm. right? So his footwork is incredible. He he, or they've been more recently calling him No Mas Lomachenko. No Mas meaning no more. Oh, oh. right. What, um, because everyone who faces him goes no they, more. They stop. He's making professional boxers quit. Right, which is you know, and it's not just it's happened a number of occasions, and he's fighting absolute top level boxers, and he just makes them so incapable. That they stop. Just right. like third round, they're like, I'm not coming out for the fourth round. Done, right? No mas. Wow. Right? And it, it's happened on numerous occasions, right? So if you get a chance to watch this guy, like uh, even if you are not, you could be not a boxing fan. You could never have heard of boxing. And if you watch this guy, just the, his athletic prowess uh-huh. and his ability to do what he does in the ring is just phenomenal. Um, so yeah, we, we're not seeing, we're seeing things with Lomachenko that we've never seen before. Um, another name that they call him, you know, when boxers go in, they say that this boxer has now ent- entered the matrix. Uh-huh. Right. So right. it's that, it's that kind of thing. He's incredible. Wow. Uh, um, but I mean, look, the, here's the thing about boxing. Now we talk about, uh, famous boxer. Boxing is having an incredible period now, um, where the level of boxers who are around on the world scene is amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, promoters are doing fantastic things to do great matchmaking. Right. So we haven't even spoke about the current heavyweight division, right? So you know, Anthony Joshua in the UK uh-huh. um, is is uh, turning into a not, I would say, transcending the sport. Right. So turning into a real superstar. Um, and even on the local scene here now, right? So in in Asia, um, which has been an area with, I guess, with with high level of boxing that we've not really seen a lot over the years. At least not on the global Correct. stage, other than Manny Pacquiao. Exactly. I guess I can't name another 
Asian uh, boxer. Well, there's others. So probably the, the, the one that you, you would probably never have heard of, which is incredible, there's an Indonesian boxer called Chris John. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's retired now, but his record, I can't remember what it was, but he's probably one of the greatest boxers ever to come out of Asia. Right. Um, but I think even the likes of Manny Pacquiao, most of his fights were in Vegas, and I don't think that will ever change, right? The big fights will always be either at Madison or in, yeah. in Vegas or wherever. Yeah. But what we're seeing now on the local scene here is we're seeing um, high world-class boxing um, that can stand up on the world stage going on here in Asia. So in Singapore, as an example, um, there's an event that they run here now called Roar of Singapore. Um, the Roar of Singapore? Roar of Singapore. Uh, so this is ran by a promotion uh, called Ringstar. I'm not plugging it. I don't have anything. No, uh, no, no. Right? By uh, the way, if you, have a, if you have a plug, yeah, plug right? it. Okay, <laughs> then I'll plug it. <laughs> so anyways, but this promotion is, you know, we, we've got a, an event coming up here in September, uh, late September, September 29. Um, and, uh, you know, there's two world title fights on that card under the IBO boxing organization. Really? So, uh, before Ringstar was here, you know, we would see some stuff in, in Asia and in Singapore here and there, but this is really, like, coming up, um, which is great for the, the local scene, but it's also great for the region. Um, you know, you look at uh, Thailand. So Thailand have got a boxer uh, there called uh, Rung Vasai. So right. he, he's, he's now the, the uh, current world champion. I'm not sure what, uh, I think maybe WBA, but I'm not sure. Um, you know, he's a world stage guy. He's out of Thailand. So the, the, the point that I'm making is, right, that boxing there's a lot is to, really... There's a lot to watch. Right, there's a there's lot, lot to, to watch. watch. Um, and a, a lot to watch both... On your local level, yeah, and globally, correct, and what the spectacular, you right. know, the the massive, the massive fights, right. yeah, and the massive fights. Let's look at that, right? So, me as a guy who's involved in boxing and combat sports, I, uh, whether you love him or hate him, a guy like Floyd Mayweather, who does the business of boxing probably better than anybody else. Ah, uh, he was the number one paid celebrity in the world for yes. two years in a row. Exactly, and right. that's every single category of celebrity. Athlete, television, film, globally, right? The number one for two years in a row. Exactly right. And I think if you look and that, at that, hold on, wait. Yeah. And that is with absolutely zero endorsement money included because he doesn't have any endorsements because no one wants to sign him on to be a spokesperson. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but but I think he could. I think he could just be like, yeah, paycheck. Like I really need to be Gillette, the best a man can get, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, right. So, and that's the thing that he's done so well. So he's got his own promotion company, right? So Mayweather Promotion, right? So he promotes all of his own fights, right? And so he set, he sets the card. He sets the card. He right? goes, you, are you you are going to fight me? Correct. And right? we're going to pay. One another. Exactly, yeah. right? And, and I'm taking 80, 20 or exactly, whatever. Exactly, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. He quite often names his price. Right. And so that, so like I said, whether you whether you love him or hate him for the, the off-field antics, um, the fact is as long as there's a boxer who is the top paid celebrity or athlete or whatever else, the visibility I think that's really great for the, for the boxing scene globally. So I, I saw the um, – so again, I don't know much about boxing. That's why we're we're here today with Russell because I got a lot to learn. Um, I saw the Mayweather Pacquiao fight. Yep, I saw it with a group of friends. We were watching at a friend's house, and it was universal disappointment when Mayweather won because to us who know nothing about boxing, Pacquiao is just clobbering him right. nonstop. And Mayweather's just sitting back absorbing it. And then he just come out, jab or hook or whatever, I don't know which punch, just hit him once. Yep. And then Pacquiao goes I don't yep. get it. Why did not why did Pacquiao not win? Because he was clobbering him the whole time. Yeah. Or where there's not in the points or something like that. So it depends on uh, – look, there are matches in boxing mm-hmm. that sometimes people can't see what the judges were thinking. Right. Funny you mentioned the, uh, the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. Mm-hmm. I was in Manila when I watched that. 
Oh my God! Uh, yeah, it, right. It, national holiday, right? Yeah. So the I, I'd heard for many many years that the place just stops. Yeah. Um, and it does. Yeah. Uh, so I was in Manila. Well, what does it do when he loses? That's the question. What does Manila turn into when Manny Pacquiao loses a fight? I'm not going to mention this guy's name, but uh, he's a very very good buddy of mine. Okay. Who is? Uh, so he's from. He he grew up in the states. He's from Vegas. Uh huh. Um, but he's uh, he's half Filipino. Uh huh. Uh, he's a grown man. He's a big dude, like six foot odd, uh-huh. right? Uh, uh-huh. He probably weighs about, um, I don't know, I think 190 pounds. So he's a, he's a big guy. Um, he cried. <laughs> oh. When, 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 and he can box. He's a tough guy. So Okay, I was actually expecting uh, overturned police cars and uh, fires. No, nah, I didn't see any of that, but okay. I did. I have to sit uh, in the place that we watched this boxing match with my buddy and I had to console him because he I, was devastated. I, I was expecting like when Vancouver wins a hockey game, you know, they all just <laughs> polite, can, polite Canadians are like, oh, everything's so nice, you betcha. And then they win, they're like, burn the place. Yeah. <laughs> I, I expected Manila to be like, we don't need a city anymore. It's yeah, right. fire. It is a lake of fire now <laughs> because yeah. he lost. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was distracted. That could have been going on. I was having to deal with my mate crying. Uh, um, they're but, there, giant man. Right? They're there. <laughs> it was kind of like that. He might have been drunk too. I don't know. <laughs> so, but, uh, and, and here's the thing, right? So to go back to your question about the scoring. Yeah, match, yeah. Right? Is, so, okay, is it subjective and objective? It's subjective and objective, okay. right? And, and so, look, there's different things that they will award points for so aggression um and ring control and also the damage that punches inflict and the way that amateur boxing and pro boxing is scored differently mm-hmm. um to be honest with you the manny pacquiao mayweather fight when i watched it i thought manny should have won that fight as well okay but here's the thing about um, floyd's uh, style he's a defensive counter uh, counter puncher right. right so a lot of people who uh, the untrained eye that watch um, Mayweather fight, they will say that he's running or that, you know, he's not going after the guy. Right. But the beauty of Mayweather's style is that he's a defensive genius. Right. Right. Um, and he just can't be touched. Right. And, and the idea of boxing is but to def- hit and don't get hit. But defense doesn't look cool. So you don't. Y- yeah. Exactly. I got it. Right. It's, He's so he's in essence a boxer's boxer. He's a boxer's boxer. He's not. The, he, yeah. Exactly okay. Right. I, I I understand now. And, I understand. And, and, and so you got to look at Floyd's um, his uh, attitude towards boxing as well, right? It very much is a business to him, uh-huh. and he says this all the time. He's going to leave the sport, and he's not inflicted a he- whole heap of damage. He's still got it all upstairs mm-hmm, here because mm-hmm. he hasn't taken punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could you could argue that he is probably the smartest boxer that's ever to been in the game because he's made the most. Well, he's going to leave with all of his faculties. He's going to be a billionaire, right? More than likely a billionaire if he isn't already. I don't know. Someone looked that up, but right. yeah, yeah. So so you know, love or hate his style. Um, anyone who knows about boxing knows that he is an incredible boxer. I don't know if he's the best ever. But he is definitely up there, um, and he's done fantastic things for the game. So, wow! On that note, this is this has been fantastic talking with Russell Harrison, the uh, uh, the owner of uh, Spartans Singapore. Uh, visit them if you're in Asia. Yep. Uh, if you're Singapore way, stop by and say hi. Hopefully, is. Face will have cleared up yeah, by right. then. Hopefully there's no more black eyes, and <laughs> I can actually talk about boxing he's, he's, without the bruises. I, yeah, for real. yeah, he's a he's a great he's a great salesperson for hashtag <laughs> boxing without bruises. Russell Harrison, what an enjoyable time! Everyone, check out Spartans Gym in Singapore. Have a good night. Thanks a lot. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.